The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. Today, my very special guest is Adam Markell. Adam is a new friend of mine, and he's the CEO of New Peaks. He is author of the book Pivot, The Art and Science of Reinventing Your Career and Life. Now, Adam has a very interesting road that he went down to achieve his role as CEO and do become one of the most internationally known trainers in the UN potential field. He has trained over 100,000 people worldwide. So, good morning, Adam, and welcome to Leading Conversations. Oh, good morning, Cheryl. What a pleasure to be with you. It's great to have you here. Where are you today? Well, I'm actually in San Diego at the moment. We drove back from uh, a kind of a, a very exciting, fun <laughs> weekend this, this past couple of days. We were in Coachella for huh. something called Desert Trip, and it was, it was a trip. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hear it was fantastic. Oh, that is. So what was your favorite part of Desert Trip? Oh, you know, there were so many great musical moments. I'm a, I'm a big lover of music, and so Neil Young, I'd never seen Neil Young live before. Oh, great. Uh, he was stellar. You know, uh, John, uh, Bob Dylan was great. The Rolling Stones were great. Paul McCartney was great. The Who, they were great. And then Roger Waters, uh, who I'm a big uh, love for Pink Floyd music and Roger Waters music in particular, too. And uh, he did a great job. And it was, it was actually quite a political uh, show that he did. And um, ah. it actually triggered a bunch of stuff. So like you say, we're, we're all involved in this human development field. And right yeah. now, our political, uh, you know, the things that are going on politically in, our, in, in North America, I know probably people are listening to this from all over the world, and yeah. I, I truly believe that the stuff that's happening with our politics uh, has a big impact, a huge impact, in fact, on, on people everywhere. And I think people everywhere are feeling it. They're feeling the importance of this election and, uh, and a lot of the pain that's associated with this election and... So a number yeah. of those messages came out through his songs, and uh, it was very interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, staying on that track, you know, I being that you are in the field of human potential, and you very much focus on um, how people need to be responsible for their their life, for their beliefs, for their behavior, um, to the point where you have people develop a code of conduct. And 
So if you take that concept and you apply it to what you see going on in our political situation today in the U.S., how do you reconcile all this for yourself? <laughs> That's assuming I, I, I actually can reconcile it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, it's definitely, I think, point... It, to me, our company, New Peaks, is, uh, which was formerly known as Peak Potentials, and um, when we bought the company uh, with partners, partners of mine from Asia, and we, we ended up buying the company in late 2011, one of the the first things that really dropped in for me was that I wanted, I wanted our, our mission, our company's mission to be something that we could all uh, rally behind as a company that we could, we could uh, stretch ourselves not to work harder uh, or smarter even, but, but merely uh, or, or exclusively to be working with a, that's a purpose in mind so that our, all of our emails Every little thing, not so little thing that a company does uh, in whatever business it's in, whether it's in the human uh, potential field or it's in uh, making sewing machines, doesn't really matter. But that it's so important that that we are connected to the why of our business, that we have a, a real clear understanding of our of our purpose. Why do we exist? Why do we exist? Why does our company exist? And uh, and so at a certain point, it didn't happen right away. Um, I think I was uh, the CEO of the company for a couple of years until I got complete clarity on what it was our company could really be doing to serve a bigger mission in the world. And we crystallized that into a state, into, into a, a vision statement. And that vision statement is that we, we create peace. Our company is actively creating world peace through self-actualization. And, mm-hmm. and one that, that we help people to find their own peace. Uh, and it could be, you know, it could be related to their finances or their business because when they worry about money, when any of us worry about money, we don't, we feel lack of peace. When we're worried about our relationships or, or we're not in good health, uh, it, it means there's a lack of peace that's, that's residing in our body. And so ultimately, this quest for peace by helping people to reach the highest version of themselves, or at least be working toward that higher and highest version of who they can be, um, is very much rooted in, res- in responsibility and in, in self-accountability and in accountability in, in partnership with others. And so winding back to this conversation of, of what's going on in our politics, I truly believe that what we're seeing out there uh, is, is a reflection of what of what's going on under the surface in our country and in many and in many places around the world is a lack of peace. Um, and right now, I don't believe that the goal is that we should find, um, you know, someone or that I should say. Oftentimes, I think people are looking for leaders, looking for a president or some leader of a country or a, a political organization or even a political party to be the ones to provide the answers. And, and what I really believe is that the peace that we all seek, the better prosperity and, and the more peaceful world we want to live in and have our children and our grandchildren uh, live in, 
is one where we are responsible for the peace, each of us individually. So it doesn't become a question of whether, you know, Donald Trump is the right person or not. No, I, I firmly believe he's not the right person to lead our country. Uh, or whether you think the other part, the person there, you know, Hillary Clinton is the one or not the one, is less important in actuality than us individually being responsible for us. Um, and if we were doing that more regularly, which is the work of the field that you and I both are in, then we would see the ripple effect, including the people that are running for political office as a reflection of who we are as a nation. Does that make sense? I know I went around a bit there. Does that make sense? It absolutely does make sense, and, and, you know, I understand and agree about this being a reflection. You know, I um, have been concerned for a long time about our distraction in our country and around the world with um, what I irreverently call the Kardashian culture, and, you know, it's really, it's really about being voyeurs into other people's lives rather than looking at how can my life be purposeful. And it's just one constant distraction after the other. And I am hoping that this process, I don't even know what to call it, this process that we are in um, to achieve an elected official to lead our country um, will actually have the positive outcome of helping people see how far out of center we have gone. I mean, and center meaning, you know, the center of ourselves, the, the groundedness, the ability to see reality and consider the whole in making our choices. Uh, and, you know, I, my belief is that work like yours um, is key to this, you know, helping people to know what matters in their core, in their heart, you know. And so, you know, and I know, let's talk a bit about how that is this, because, you know, your, your path to becoming the CEO of New Peaks and training people all around the world you know, encouraging people all around the world to see themselves as important to the world, which I, I really do believe that's a lot of what you do. Um, how did you get there? Because, you know, if we just kind of go back, we go, oh, there was this school teacher. Oh, oh no, there was this attorney. Oh, well, wait, no. <laughs> Training people? Now, how did this happen, Adam? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Another really great question. It's <laughs> not easy to answer. Um, <laughs> it's 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 evolved. It's an evolution, right? And that's that's what we're all doing is evolving. And I think that a part of where great pain. So the origin of my pivoting from to use the word that I I love to use these days in connection uh, with a number of subjects, including including the book pivot. But my uh, pivotal time was during a period of great pain for myself. Um, I had been working in a in a profession and in a business for many years that I didn't love, and I think there's a lot of people if they if they really check in with themselves, even 
as they're listening to this right now, and you say to yourself, you know, how, do, how much do you love what you do and what you spend your life in many ways, more the majority of your life, uh, you know, committing, committing uh, your energy to? And, and I think a lot of people would find that they're not, uh, they're not a thousand percent certain that that's the thing that they want to do for the rest of their life. They're not a thousand percent certain in many ways that it's what, you, what they ought to have been doing for the last 10 years of their life. And, uh, and I, I just kind of ran into a bit of that wall when I was in my late 30s. Um, I woke up in the morning and I felt dread. I put my feet on the floor and I'd have dread about the day that was ahead. Um, I had some trouble sleeping at night, so I was an ambient user for a period of probably a year and a half or two years. Um, I could feel when I was in Manhattan, because I, I spent 18 years as a lawyer, and my office uh, at a certain point was on Park Avenue, and I'd... I'd take mass transit to come into the city, and I could feel just as I was, you know, getting off the subway or off the bus uh, to head over to my office, I could feel this this agitation, you know, even mm-hmm. anxiousness. And I think there's a lot of, a lot of folks out there as well that that have some difficulty uh, in some of you know whether it's in sleeping or whether it's in dealing with their anger or just not feeling as good as they'd like to feel. And I think at a certain point, the problem with that becomes that if, if a person doesn't find some solution to that or some clarity about what that is and where it's, where it's coming from, people will tend to just continue down this path that I, I like to refer to as a path of mediocrity. And, um, and it's a safe path, and, and sometimes, you know, it... it uh, it seems like the, the, the intelligent thing to do not to make a change in your life when, you know, when you're not sure what the next thing is supposed to look like. And I, and I get all that. And so for me, anyhow, I just couldn't, I couldn't ignore the sign any longer that I was feeling, uh, you know, less of the person than I believed that I would be when I was much younger. And so I, yeah, I started reading books and, and at one point uh, had a, an experience where I thought I was dying and uh, was having a heart attack and, and didn't. And that day, my wife and I, when we walked out of this hospital in Old New Jersey, which was near our home, and I looked up at the blue sky and I, I never had a conversation with God. That was my thing. And, and even to this day, I'm not religious, but I, I am a very spiritual person. I looked mm-hmm. up and I said, thank you, God. And, um, and what I knew in that moment was that I'd been given for me, a second chance or an opportunity at, at, at rethinking my, you know, what my plan had been, my adult plan. <laughs> and instead of just continuing to work a plan uh, that they're working, uh, working harder and faster and longer and all that, somehow thinking it's going to change the, you know, the net result. Instead, I started to think about what my plan could uh, look like if I was doing what I wanted to be doing in my days and I was serving in the way that I felt that, that I was born to serve, I, and all those things. And those are difficult questions, of course, to ask, and, and that's ultimately what even inspired me to write the book. In that situation where you thought you might be taking your last breath, um, how, how did you move from, um, this is my deathbed, and I need to say goodbye to people, um, to, okay, um, this second chance 
is something I need to take seriously because you and I both know that people go through traumatic events and then when they come out the other side and they have those epiphanies, there are a lot of things pulling at them to not make change. And and, and whether it's, you know, financial or it's um, social status or, I mean, we could could list a hundred things, right? What allowed you to get past all that to the commitment to yourself? Yeah, I love the question. It it was the genesis of the book itself was the question, what did I do? So how, if if I've been able to successfully pivot from being 80-hour-a-week workaholic, unhappy lawyer uh, to becoming an author and a international trainer and, and being able to speak in places around the world I'd only ever dreamed of visiting, uh, and now I have business work and, and work from the you know heart heart based uh, work to do in those places and and then to be running a company that's committed to transforming lives all over the globe, creating peace uh, and assisting people creating peace. All those things are so drastically different. And so people will say to me, you know, how did you do it? And and what I'll say in part to begin with is what I didn't do. All right, I'm not saying that this is wrong. But I think part of the reason why people stay stuck and why they'll, they'll settle for what they have, they'll settle for comfortable, they'll settle for mediocrity, they'll settle for the status quo, is that they somehow believe that in order to make a change of the magnitude that I've you know, started to describe, that they have to do that in one, like in one shot, almost like they have to jump mm. shift. So hmm. it's very romantic, right? <laughs> the idea, <laughs> okay, right? And you and you and you say to your boss, "You're fired," you know? <laughs> yeah. Or you come home and you tell your family, "You know what? We're going to move to Bali," you know, or whatever. And and I think that that's what's been somehow perpetuated in in uh, whether it's uh, through media or it's through entertainment, but somehow. The mind thinks that the change, that the end result, which is a massive transformation, a transfiguration of a person's life, that it, it's going to, to get there from here is too long a road. It's too extreme. It, it requires, again, that, that whole jumping ship thing. And so what Pivot is about is that it, it, it uses this analogy that a small change in direction, even something as small, like a two-degree change in your direction, a five-degree change in your physically, you know, just imagine you just change your direction, just a slight, you know, one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. Three, three months later, if you kept walking on a path that was five degrees different than the path you've been walking on, yes, an hour from now, you're not going to be so far from that original uh, path that you, that you had begun. Yeah. But three months later, six months later, a year later, you could hardly ever tell that the path, the original path and the path that you're currently on were one and the same. And that's the thing that, that is so impactful to me, is it's the small changes. And so the way we, we root that or, or anchor it for, for our students, and this is what I anchored for myself, is through something that we call rituals. And, um, mm. and that's 
rituals and, and the 21-day practice that we provide at the end of the book, which is really a plan of action for people to create new rituals. And, and the reason I use the word ritual, just so you know, again, it's not a religious context. It's that, and I truly believe that the quality of our life is equal to the quality of our rituals. Rituals are things mm-hmm. that, we do, that we do consciously, and we do them again and again and again consciously until at some point we become unconsciously confident at doing them, and then they right. become right? And we already know from Stephen Covey and lots of other folks uh, mm. how powerful our habits are and how we are creatures to them. So rituals can change everything, and they change it slowly. Um, it's something yeah. that they have profound impact out of just one simple change, like how you begin your day. Which to me is the most yeah. the most powerful rituals. What what do you do in the first half hour, an hour of, of your waking uh, to you know that right. right. Yeah, I love this. You know because it takes some of the fear away, and we're going to talk more about these rituals and some other things that you like people to do when we come right back with Adam Markell. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexasaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more, old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito with my very special guest today, Adam Martell, the author of Pivot, The Art and Science of Reinventing Your Career and Life. 
So, Adam, you were talking about the importance of ritual and that the quality of life is equal to the quality of your rituals. That makes a lot of sense. You know, you talked about how people can't, people sometimes can't make change because they're so afraid of the big leap and that they have to change everything in their life. You're saying, how about just changing the way you spend your first half hour in the morning? Well, that's, you know, profound. (laughs) Right? I mean, simple, right? So, is, is that what you did? Is that what you did? Is that how you started making things happen in your life? It, I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. Yes, that's what I did. <laughs> I just started with, how, how is it that I want to begin my day? You know, we all have heard that expression that doesn't matter, you know, who the person is, whether they're, you know, the, the you know, running, running a country, running a company, running a family, only running their own life and nothing else. Everybody has 24 hours. Everybody has the same 24 hours a day. And so the question yeah. is, why is it in, in many ways, uh, you know, what are the distinctions between people that have been very, very effective in their lives, very effective, very uh, successful even, you know, however we all define that, that term. Um, and to me, understanding that there are, are ways to get more out of your day. There's ways to attract more of what you're, you're, you want in your life. And what I found is that the most important and impactful way for me to attract what I want into my life is what I choose to think about and what I intend when I start. So for, I'll just give you the example of this. So it used to be that I would, I would sit at the edge of my, you know, the end of the bed and it was dark out and I was just getting ready to get up and get in the get a hot shower, grab coffee, and start heading, you know, into the city. And maybe I was doing court that day or, or whatever it was. But I, I would start kind of at the end of the bed, just sitting there for a few moments and, again, feeling that, that sense of, you know, I don't love my, uh, I don't love what's going on. I don't love what I'm about to be doing. You know, how I'm going to spend my day. I'm missing my kids. You know, my wife and I had met in college. We're still married after 27 years, and she's the absolute right. Uh, you know, most amazing person in in my life, and we have four healthy kids. And I was getting up in the morning before she was up, and and leaving before the kids got up, and missing most of what was going on in their lives. And I just absolutely felt that in in all the cells of my body. And when I began to make these small changes, these pivots, uh, the first pivot that I made was in how I began the day. And so I started by putting my feet on the floor. You know, what a blessing it is to just put your feet on the floor. And uh, I would allow myself to feel blessed just putting my feet on the floor. Um, and, and I'm going to start with where it, where it began and now where it's taken me, and I'll do that quickly. I started in that spot of being grateful for that moment where my feet are touching the floor and then being grateful for the fact that I am so blessed to be married to such an amazing human being. It just, you know, uplifts me and, and our kids and, all, you know, wonderful gratitude for family and for, for the health of the family and for my parents who were still alive and, and all of these things. And I just started to fill my head with gratitude. And this didn't take more than a minute or two. The, the, the thoughts would come so easily, and I was so amazed at how 
night and day that, that change was, that shift from the, my, my first thoughts in the morning, waking up, putting my feet on the floor, thinking about the day ahead, and then almost internally using, like, a, like I would say it internally, and sometimes it would even come out of my mouth, and I'd kind of go like, ah, oh, shit, you know, start the day. <laughs> You imagine starting your day like that? That's the first no. <laughs> That's painful. Yeah, painful. So I started to put my feet on the floor, and then I would stand up feeling that gratitude inside of me, and I, and I began a ritual that I call the I Love My Life ritual. And I, I have the pleasure now to teach this to a lot of people from a lot of places around the world. I've been training for many, many years now. And... Um, and I love going places, especially that where English is not the first language. Like I was in Japan and trained about 6,000 people in Japan last year, and then we were in China, and I was in Vietnam. And, and so to, to share this with people there that where English is not even their, their, their first spoken language, and so to hear them saying these words, I love my life, like in, in French, it's, uh, there's, there's a number of ways to say it, but the one I know is je ma vie. Um, Mi amo mi vida in Spanish. And in other places where uh, people would be saying this, this uh, phrase, I love my life, I love my life, I love my life. And so every day, there's three things that's, that are involved in this. Uh, you know what? Even what's in the book in, in greater detail. I'll give this, uh, give this to you folks now. I think it'll be, it'll be fun. There's three things you do. You first, you just wake up, right? So what a blessing just to wake up, especially when you consider the fact that as your work you're waking up and you're taking the first awake and conscious of the day, there are people all over this planet who will be taking their very last breath at the mm. moment that we take our first. And mm. so it's so profound, this concept of waking up, and then it's obviously a metaphor as well that just to be a little more awake today than the day before, to me, is a win. You want to find success in the simplest terms, that's where I judge success for myself. It's just that I'm mm. a little more conscious today and a little more awake today than I was today. That's the goal. So you wake up. The second thing is you, you put your feet on the floor and if you're able to do that, or if that's not your habit, because that's physically not possible, you simply take a moment at the foot of your bed when you're about to transition from your sleep into the waking state, and you just are grateful and allow that gratitude to wash over you however it shows up. It, it doesn't have to be anything profound. It's the simplest thing. But you allow it to infuse your body um, with that, that sense of, of appreciation. And then you... On, on standing or on moving from the bed, you say those words, I love my life. And I, I go all over the place, send me videos, and they wake up, and somebody <laughs> throws their arms in the air, and they do all kinds of things with it. People, you know, just do what I do. I, I quietly just put my hand on my heart, and I declare it out loud so that I can hear my own saying it. I love my life. And the most common question that I get asked, Cheryl, by people, especially, you know, out when I'm traveling, is that they say, so did you really love your life? I mean, one minute you were an unhappy lawyer and all that was going on. You were in pain and, you know, ended up in an emergency room thinking 
you're having a heart attack, you're really having an anxiety attack. So, so did you love your life in actuality? And I, I honestly, they say, no. No, I didn't at the time. But it's what I wanted. And, and it wasn't so far from the truth because I truly do and did love my life. But I didn't love what I was doing with my life, if that makes sense. Yes. So that's, that's an important distinction, right? That's an important distinction for people. The distinction between not... I love my life and, and, you know, I don't love what I'm doing. So you said, you said it earlier, I think, that in our work, this work of human potential, to me, if you ask me what's the one thing, if I had a magic wand and, and I'm waiting for it because I, <laughs> I've got one on back order, I think. But <laughs> bring two. Was, <laughs> well, we're probably both waiting at the same uh, <laughs> the same delivery. It could be Amazon Prime. I don't know. We'll see. There you go. <laughs> to wave that one. You know what? I'm going to turn the question back to you in a second. If that's okay, I know that's a little unorthodox, yeah. but no, uh, no, no. So to me, if I had that magic wand, what I would do with it. I would wave it in a way that, that everybody could would know by the wave of that wand who they really are, their core, mm. and that they would love themselves. Mm. Core. Because it's just what you said earlier. There's a distinction between not loving what you're doing with your life and not loving your life. Yeah. And I don't believe that people at their core have anything other than other than love, other than love mm. of self. But it's so uh like there's a great book, The Untethered Soul by Michael Skinner. He describes I love that book. A beautiful book, right? Yes. And the analogy that he, he, he uses of the tar of like your heart being being covered in tar. Yes. And I think that that's, that's the part of where we're discussing. So if you had a magic wand, <laughs> what would you do with it? If I had a magic wand, what would I do with it? Ooh, gosh, that's a lot of power. Oh, well, if I had a magic wand, what would I do with it? So I'm one of those fortunate people. I absolutely love my life. And I absolutely love my husband, who you've met. And I absolutely love my work. The work I do, which is executive coaching, one-on-one, a lot of human potential. And it's the type of executive coaching that is really about transformation, not about here's a tip for how you talk to people better. (laughs) Which, of course, that's in there, but we're really about... Who are you at your core, and how do you bring that forth into the world? And this is the kind of work that I, there's no way I could not do this work. It's just who I am. And so if I had a magic wand, then what I would do is I would allow everyone in the world to understand their inner truth, to understand that They are whole. They don't need people to fix them. They are whole already. The job that you and I have 
is to help them rediscover that and help them move away all of the layers that have hidden their truth. And so my magic wand would say, Ding! See, remember who you are. Look how fantastic. Let that person speak to you. Let that person show you who, what you can be and what's real for you. That's what I would do. Beautiful. Oh. <sighs> Very wonderful. You know, I think that the work that you and I do, I, I really view it as a privilege um, because people are courageous enough to say, um, you know, kind of raise their hand gingerly and say, I, I think there's more to me. I, I think that there is something different. Even though the world around me is telling me I should just stay and do what I'm doing and be happy that I'm there. But I, I think that there's more. And, you know, that takes courage in our world. And so, to me, that's the, that's the first um, privilege that I have is, is to have someone be willing to say that to me, to reveal that of themselves. And then the next privilege for me is that they allow me in to places that they've never shared with anybody. And, and I know you know that experience. And so the privilege I have is that I'm really holding their heart in my hand. And as a coach and as a teacher, you know, we have a lot of power in that role. And we can just as easily squash somebody's heart as we can allow it to evolve and grow and blossom and strengthen. And I think that not enough people really understand that who are in our field. That concerns me a lot. Um, And that those of us who do are allowed to, to support people into this amazing brilliance. So it begins with their courage kind of, you know, saying, I think, you know, to dare to think there's more, right? And then, you know, we have a big responsibility in how we help them navigate and how we shepherd them to their next level. That makes sense? It does. And and you're right. It, it is a an honor and a responsibility all, all at the same time. And, um, yeah. I think I think there's so many people that I come in contact with actually in the in the work that we do that want to be doing what you just described, Cheryl, which is yeah. to have that you know the ability to massage another human being's heart, um, massage it, and uh, help it help it to just be be a stronger voice in in their in their own life because I think yeah. a, a part of what we're what we're able to do is to help people on their heart journey, on the journey of being able to follow, uh, as you say, to learn, learn the truth of themselves, to know they're not broken. And, you know, it doesn't mean we don't seek improvement. That's what I think 
is really wonderful about the industry, and it's no different than any anything else that we want to be create mastery or create a better a version of something. Uh, you know, we practice it and we get coaching at it, and we ask mm-hmm. others uh, to join us, and we create teams, and we, you know, all of those things are about about getting better. And at the same time, the fundamental truth is that we're nothing. There's nothing missing. That we are full uh, and complete and one and connected and all of these things. It's a wonderful, you know, it's like that, that this dichotomy uh, that makes life very, very interesting and a riddle. And so to help people to look at the riddle and <laughs> get yeah. present to it, right? Be aware of it yeah. and work with it is magical. It's miraculous. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Well, we have more to talk about with Adam Martell when we come right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Escobedo with my very special guest today, Adam Martell, the author of Pivot, the Art and Science of Reinventing Your Career and Life. So, you know, I see this phrase, selective blindness. What is that? (laughs) Don't you love that phrase? Isn't that great? Yeah. It's it's a little like selective hearing, you know, uh, when your kids, when you ask your kids something and they can't hear you and 
and, and then you say, uh, do you want to go out for pizza? And then all of a sudden they hear you, you know what I mean? Um, so let's just find this. I think it's a more adult version of that where we just, we're choosing to not see certain things uh, or to be blind to certain things, to be unconscious of certain things. Um, and, and usually the root of that is to avoid pain. And what is painful for many people, uh, so again, digging just below the surface of that concept, uh, yeah. below that, it's, it's painful for people to not have certainty. So for them to not know, uh, so anything that is unknown potentially is, is a, a source of discomfort. And the desire to avoid pain, to avoid discomfort, I think is why, uh, I, I'm not sure if it was Henry David Thoreau that said, everywhere people lead lives of quiet desperation. And I think that's, mm. that's the point, is that ultimately when, when people are more committed to their safety and they're more committed to their certainty and they're, more, and they're addicted to it, they're addicted to their certainty, uh-huh. and that they become so uh, bought in and committed to the status quo, that that's what ultimately kills us from the inside. So for me, that was what was going on, you know, underneath the surface of my starting my day with this, those feelings, was that my soul, my spirit was, was sort of shriveling up and dying on the inside. And I think that's what happens when it goes unchecked for too long, which is why I wanted to write the book Pivot, because I thought, geez, where you know, meeting people where they are, it doesn't matter whether they've been, you know, like they're a baby boomer and now they want to decide what the next chapter of their life's going to be because they're going to stop, you know, their career, they're going to change it, you know, or they're going to retire and then they want to do something else. Or it's somebody that's sort of earlier on in the process and just realizes that the thing that they're doing in their career or the thing that they might be doing in other areas of their life, uh, relationship-wise or health-wise, are things that may not serve them long, long term. And so one of the keys that, that I work on in the book and, and what we work on uh, in, our, in our, our seminars, our workshops, is help people to overcome that, that fear, that discomfort with, with, with change or with uh, the, you know, the unknown or what's new. I think as disturbing as what's going on right now, with the political scene, one of the things that we could say is, is rising to the surface, and it's rising to the surface in a way that is very unattractive, I think, to many of us to see some of the, the you know, the, uh, the, the vitriol and the lack of civility and other things that are going on. Yeah. But, what it, but, but what's underneath that is this desire that people have to, to disrupt the status quo. And I'm in favor of disrupting status quo. Um, there's just ways you can do it uh, that are driven and guided by your heart and not driven by other things like, you know, creating fear for the sake of, yeah. you know, uh, controlling people, that sort of thing. So, right. yeah. So I'm curious, um, going back to those moments when you were making choices uh, about changing your life, um, and you were saying, you know, I'm dreading the morning, I'm dreading going to court, I'm dreading, you know, having to write this brief as an attorney, um, and you must have had your own selective blindness that kept you from 
making your first step, before you had your, uh, what you thought was a heart attack, what was your own selective blindness? My, my blindness was ego, and, and I think that's a part of, uh, that's a whole other topic we could spend a lot of time discussing. Uh, sure. But I think, that's, I think that's the case for a lot of people is that our blindness is mm-hmm. often the things that we think we know. And so, mm-hmm. you know, life is very good uh, in, in so many ways at providing uh, irony and, and great moments of, of, for humor. Um, when, you, when, when I'm not in my head and taking myself too seriously, I can see there's such great humor in so many of the things as they unfold. And it really, for me, as a, you know, as a lawyer, as somebody that had made you know, many millions of dollars, I'd been quite successful in a number of areas of business as well as in the law. And I thought I knew. I thought I knew things. And what my life has been like since I started to read some books, like the first one I, I, I wrote, uh, read, sorry, when I, I left that day in, you know, in the hospital uh, was The Road Less Traveled, Dr. Scott Peck. It's old. I love that book. It's amazing, right? <laughs> it is. Real classic. Yeah. I, I started to unlearn things, and I've been in a process of unlearning ever since. And by unlearning, I mean it's, it's the things I think I know uh, that, I, that I really don't know. And every time I'm willing to have an apprentice mind. So one of the, one of the again, these little, little things, these little gems, as my grandmother would call them, little uh, nuggets, the little distinctions that make big cha- big uh, difference in, in my life is this one of being an apprentice, and uh, and the idea that when you look at things through beginner's eyes, yes, without your ego, then the universe, God, spirit, whatever you want to call it, can deliver some unbelievable, <laughs> miraculous new information, um, new ways of new awareness. And so that's what's amazing is that the more, you know, so the older I, I get, the less I, I, not only the less I know, the less I want to know. Um, yeah, yeah. The more questions there are, right? You know, I mean, that's the beauty of that. And, you know, your book, Pivot, is one of those books that provides a lot of those, quote, little gems um, and some real real actions that people can take. You know, they don't have to be, um, they don't have to go through a huge process. They simply can begin to look at their lives differently or ask the right questions which you pose in there really, really well. So tell us a bit where people can find the book. And and I think you said there was a gift that goes along with that book. Yes. So I think the simplest thing for people is to go to Amazon. and Amazon, you get the best pricing there. So, you know, you can get the book pivot on Amazon. There's actually another book pivot that just came out. So they want to they wanna find the red cover, the one that says the art and science of reinventing your career in life. And then I haven't read the other book that's out by that same uh, name yet, but I, I will get it and read it. And uh, maybe we'll recommend that one too. Um, and, yes, there is a gift, which is, you know, to me... When I started to read, uh, as I said, Scott Peck's book, I, I think the next, um, in that genre, I read Awaken the Giant Within, which is a very big Tony Robbins yeah. book. And, uh, and through that book, I found a little footnote referring to Emmett Fox, to this thing called the Seven yeah. Days of Fire. 
Wow. <laughs> ding, 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 right? Yeah. It changed my life. It's a tiny little footnote in a very big book. And when I found him at Fox and I began to read more along that line, which was for me to answer questions I had about spirituality and my connections with you know, the universe and, and all everything. And it, it changed it changed so many things for me. So it was just like again, you know, one little breadcrumb after another. And then ultimately what I found myself doing was going from reading books about these subjects to actually going and seeking out certain other interactions with people that were like yeah. mine, like yeah. mine. And so well, the gift that comes with the book Pivot are actually two VIP tickets to come to a three-day uh, workshop that we do. We actually do two different kinds of uh, beginner workshops. One is this uh, w- weekend that we call the Reignite Weekend, where we, the whole concept there is that, that we are, each of us, a spark, you know, one little spark of the mother fire uh, that is whatever you want to call the big thing, you know. Um, but we are, we are all of that in miniature. We're the universe in miniature. And so this weekend is about helping people to reacquaint themselves with who they are, like you said earlier, um, and what it is that they're truly committed to in their business and their entrepreneurship mm. and things and their life, their career, et cetera, and helping them to really get into momentum and move forward uh, in, that, you know, in those arenas. And then the other uh, beginner event that we have is called the Millionaire Mind, and that experience is three days of people learning to understand where their, their money uh, blueprint was created. Uh, and by that, I mean the, the, the sort of the, the organizing principles that they have, that they, that they uh, feel about money and success and wealth. And it's those uh, principles, it's that blueprint that actually determines, you know, how much a person typically will, will earn in their lifetime and what they will do and whether they'll be employees all, you know, uh, forever or they'll be entrepreneurs or, or what have you. So right. they're, really, they're really wonderful. And the book comes with two VIP free VIP tickets that would normally be about 600 bucks. So, yeah, that, that's a pleasure. And the only other thing I would recommend to your folks is that they'd like to learn more about our company. Uh, we're called New Peaks, and uh, we, still, we still use the trade name Peaks Potential, so many people remember that name. Um, and they can go to newpeaks.com and learn about our programs and our company's uh, culture and, and our mission as well, newpeaks.com. That's fantastic. Once again, the book is Pivot, The Art and Science of Reinventing Your Career and Life by Adam Martell. It's the one with big red cover, and it's a, it's a great, I, I really recommend it. And Adam, it's been a privilege having you here today. I love talking with you. Thank you so much. Oh, I was thinking the same thing. What a pleasure to spend, spend some time together. Thank you. Remember, everyone, to think big. The world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 